Welcome to the Breakwater Podcast. Today we're sitting down with Sierra from Reach Counseling to learn more about sexual assault and sexual abuse here in Winnebago County. We typically talk about substance use and substance use prevention on this podcast, and this might feel like a bit of a left turn, but it's not as big of a leap as you might think. When you look at risk factors and protective factors for things like sexual abuse or assault, use substance use, teen dating violence, and others, you start to notice that we have so many common goals when it comes to building a safe and healthy community for our youth, one in which they can flourish and grow while navigating adolescence. April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and REACH has a lot going on to engage and build skills within the community. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to their social media and website so you can participate. April is also Alcohol Awareness Month, and you'll hear us talk about this in the interview. Alcohol and other substance use and sexual assault or abuse are not mutually exclusive issues. Please talk to your kids about alcohol, other substances, and how to deal with social pressures, unexpected situations, and that is okay to ask for help. I hope you enjoy Sierra's interview as much as I did. Welcome to the show, Sierra. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing really good. Could you please introduce yourself to our listeners, share maybe a little bit about who you are and what you do? My name is Sierra Hill, and I work for REACH Counseling Services as the Advocacy Director. REACH is a sexual assault agency in the area, so we see children and adults who've experienced sexual abuse and sexual assault. We are a very unique agency where we have four different programs. So we have our advocates who are free. We provide legal, medical, and personal, and then sometimes school advocacy as well for the for the kiddos. Our advocates consist of our Latina X community advocates. So she focuses on that population being able to bridge the gap and break down some barriers for individuals that identify as Latino to be able to seek services. And she also provides support groups um, in Spanish for those individuals as well. We have our Native American advocate who focuses on the Native American population and helping to break down barriers and bridge the gaps that that we see um, within that population. There's just a really lack of trust. And so she really helps to be able to rebuild and, and build that trust between the, the reservations and the community. And so she also provides a Native American talking circle at Tichita Correctional Facility, as well as another support group as well. And then we also have our anti-trafficking advocate. She focuses on the individuals that have been trafficked, children and adults. So she helps with the different needs that those survivors need. And so she, you know, does the legal advocacy and, and, and medical and all those things. But 
a lot of her job consists of letting the community know that trafficking exists and letting the community know, you know, the effects of trafficking on survivors and how damaging it can be to the community as well. So a lot of her work that she does is really just getting the community informed. She also offers an anti-trafficking support group. And then we uh, also have our youth and teen advocate. She focuses on youth and teens that have experienced sexual abuse and sexual assault. She works very closely with our prevention team at REACH, going into the schools and meeting the, the survivors where they're at. So a lot of the clients that she gets are through the schools, school, school counselors, our different partners um, within after school agencies like the Boys and Girls Club and the Boys and Girls Brigade. And so she does a lot of that as, as well as run a youth uh, or a teen support group that's open to all teens that have experienced sexual assault and sexual abuse. And then we also have some support groups that, that I did not name, which are, we have two women support groups, one that is located in Nina and one in Oshkosh, um, as well as a women of color support group that was started by me and another advocate two years ago, but it now is just getting back on its feet this year after COVID. <laughs> and then uh, we also have our LGBTQ plus support group. So those are for individuals that identify um, within that community. And so they focus on a lot of things that individuals um, that identify as part of the community may go through during, before, and after a sexual assault. And so that's our advocacy team. And then at REACH, we also have our prevention team. Like I mentioned earlier, our prevention teams um, is the the individuals that are going into the schools that are teaching the our youth about sexual assault, sexual abuse, um, what it looks like, healthy and unhealthy relationships, how to identify safe individuals um, to, to to disclose to, also giving them language, teaching them about body autonomy, doing a lot of the things that really we are hoping that will prevent our youth from being uh, sexually abused and, and sexually assaulted. Um, and so they do a lot, a lot, a lot in the schools and they work very closely with the school counselors. Um, we're about it. We're in about 72 different schools in the area, in the, in the Winnebago County area and a little bit in some other counties as well. In the smaller counties that don't have um, a lot of resources, we're able to be able to help them as well. And then we have um, our therapy team at REACH, and our therapy team really provides that long-term trauma-informed care therapy. So they really focuses on what's the root of, of their trauma and then work with them to overcome the different obstacles and the different things that they face with working through that trauma. And so uh, we offer free uh, therapy sessions for ages 6 to 12. And so those individuals get to be a part of therapy for free. And then we also have other ways in which um, if, if cost is an issue for individuals, we work with them in order to, to ensure that they aren't paying an arm and a leg for, um, for therapy. And then uh, we also have our sex offender treatment program at REACH where we're like one of the only sex offender treatment agencies programs in the area. I mean, arguably in Wisconsin. Um, and so they really, 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 really focus on, you know, working with sex offenders to decrease their urges, to help them to recognize 
you know, where, where, where it is that they are struggling and then kind of help them be able to go and be a part of our, our, our society, be a part of our community and not reoffend. That program is, is, is very important because yes, we're combating sexual assault by, you know, doing prevention and helping individuals once they're assaulted, but it's also important to get to the root of why people assault, right? So we know power and control is, is the main issues or the main two components to sexual violence and any type of violence in general. And so those are the different programs that we offer at REACH. That's a lot. You guys are doing a ton from, and like you said, kind of the full spectrum, starting with prevention, with the goal of of these things never happening, Mm -hmm. all the way through providing treatment and support in an equitable and accessible way, which is so important. And then also taking it a step further to look at for those who have committed some sexual assaults or, or violent acts, how do we help them be better? How do we help yes. them be in our community in a safe way? And how do we learn from them mm-hmm. to bring that back to our prevent our prevention efforts? That's really, really cool. Yes, yes, it is. It's it is very rewarding. You know, the work that we do at Reach is so very important. And, you know, I think that there is still, you know, a lot of myths regarding, you know, trafficking, regarding sexual abuse and sexual assault. And a lot of a lot of people think that, you know, it's some some stranger that pulls up in a in a van and and and, and grabs a kid. You know, and that's not what we see. You know, we see that it's most likely individuals are assaulted by people that they that they love and they trust. And so, you know, it's very important that the community, you know, is aware of how to protect themselves, um, but also how to help to to eliminate um, uh, sexual abuse and sexual assault. And that's kind of why we have, you know, Sexual Assault Awareness Month, because we have to bring awareness. <laughs> we got to bring awareness to the community that that this is a real issue and that, you know, we can all do our part to to end sexual abuse and, and sexual violence and violence in general. Yes. And as you mentioned, April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, which mm-hmm. is part of the reason why we ended up talking yes. and, and sitting down <laughs> to do this interview, which is great. So I'm excited to talk a little bit more about sexual assault and the role it plays in our lives right here mm-hmm. in Winnebago County. Can you share a little bit more about that, the local picture of sexual assault? Yeah, um, yeah, I could definitely talk about the local impact that sexual assault has on our community. You know, we're we're busy. <laughs> we are busy all every day, all day. We are going to the hospitals, res- responding to to sexual um, assaults after they happen. That number hasn't decreased, even be, you know since the pandemic and everything like that. If anything, we've been seeing an increase in the calls and and reach out for services and help. You know, our our support groups are ones that have always been very very important and to our community and. And busy, the pandemic, actually, we had to end our support groups during that, but they're back up and running. And so we are really urging individuals to seek support, whether they want to come in and do therapy or they just want to have someone to talk to that has experienced what they've experienced, you know. And so we see that, you know, sexual abuse and and sexual assault, and, you know, especially in Winnebago County, it has not decreased at all. And it's something that, 
our prevention team, you know, the, 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 our prevention team that's working in the schools, they are seeing an increase in disclosures especially after the pandemic. I think a lot of the children, unfortunately, were in situations in which the perpetrator was, you know, they were surrounded by the perpetrator a lot more because of the stay-at-home order, keeping individuals from being out of the house. And so we we saw as soon as we started getting back into the schools, you know, virtually, that children were coming forth with disclosures of, of abuse and assault. And so we have not seen you know, a slowdown um, really in the in this in the sense that that they're declining. That is definitely not the case. That's terrible to hear. I mean, it, it's a good thing that you guys are here and available in the community, but it's unfortunate to hear that they're not declining and in some areas increasing. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned youth a couple of times, specifically yeah. the as kids are returning to school and mm-hmm. having once again access to resources that maybe weren't available to them mm-hmm. or weren't safe for them to access yeah. during pandemic and isolation. How does such sexual assault impact youth and why is talking about it on a community level so important? Oh my goodness. I mean, sexual assault impacts youth more than I think adults really realize because a lot of times, especially if we, if, if the children are not exposed to, you know, for instance, reach coming into their schools, right? So they don't know, they don't have the words to really, re- to, to recognize what's really happening to them. And they're being told by, by the individual that, you know, this is normal. This is what, you know, is done with people that you love, right? And so they're feeding this and children are so easy to manipulate because they just don't know a lot about the world, right? They don't have a lot of um, knowledge of the world, right? And so, like I mentioned earlier, you know, the people that are, that are you know, the perpetrators um, that are doing this to the youth, they're, they're family, they're friends, they're people that they're, they're, the children's family trust, right? And so they don't, they, the, the children, they don't recognize that the individual that is, is, is hurting them are, are truly hurting them because they, they believe, well, well, why would my parents, you know, my parents wouldn't put me in, in, in danger. My parents wouldn't, you know, put me, you know, uh, around someone that would hurt me. And it's because the parents, obviously, a lot of them don't know what's going on, right? And they trust the individual that they're leaving their children around. We see that because of sexual abuse and and sexual trauma and, and youth is that as they get older and it's not handled and it's not dealt with and taken care of as far as therapy and, and resources and support groups and all those resources the children don't have, the trauma continues as they get older and older. One of my other positions that I worked in at REACH was the campus advocate. And I saw like nine times out of 10, the the the, the individuals that I was working with on 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 the UWO campus were also sexually assaulted as youth. They were sexually assaulted as kids. And they had, you know, mentioned that they hadn't seeked any help and or they didn't have any therapy or their family didn't believe them or they didn't have any support, right? And then now they're being sexually assaulted in college. Um, so we see that there is a cycle of abuse. It's, the cycle of, of, of sexual abuse c- continues if the core root of the trauma and, and, and when the when the incident happens and it doesn't get 
you know, worked through and dealt with in therapy and all those things, it just kind of continues, kind of continues on. Um, and the youth don't really have anything to help them get better, to help them move forward and, and, and have the, the coping mechanisms that they need and have a safety plan or anything that can be provided if they seek help. But a, a lot of times the access to help isn't available. Like we mentioned with the pandemic, a lot of uh, the youth, as much as we send out things as far as our prevention team sends out things to, to the school counselors and everything like that, a lot of that material isn't safe to be sent home with the children because that may be the place in which the sexual abuse and sexual assault is happening. And that's such a good point. And I keep coming back to this. We did a, an episode with Christine Ann a while back as well, and just kind of talking about how important it is for kids to be getting back into school where they have mm -hmm. access to critical resources like this that they might not otherwise have access yeah. or have an opportunity to access those resources. Mm -hmm. So if we bring it up to a community level, like mm -hmm. as community as a whole, why is it important to be aware of sexual assault? And what can we do as a community to help improve the situation? For the community, it's very important that we are protecting our youth, right? So we're we're doing what we can to protect them. But if we don't have the information and we don't have the knowledge, then we can't possibly protect our youth. So it's very important that parents, adults, community members, that they learn, that they, that they be a part of, of, of things like Sexual Assault Awareness Month, right? Because everything that we're teaching, you know, that's free um, to the public is stuff that they can then use to, you know, teach to their children and to teach to, you know, other other parents or other people in the community, then then it can get back, you know, and 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 return help our youth because we know that a lot of times and and what we what we've seen from our sex offender program is that a lot of them have been sexually assaulted, they've been sexually abused, sexually assaulted, and so not everyone that's sexually abused and sexually assaulted, you know, assaults. I just want to make that clear. Um, but there are a lot that do. And so if we don't address the issue of sexual abuse and sexual assault, then we start seeing children sexually uh, assault and abuse other children. And then we see it kind of progress and progress and progress into adulthood, right? And so we have to have the tools to help our youth break the cycle. But if we're not learning and, and participating in events that are in the community or are learning about our resources in the community, then we can't possibly help our youth because we aren't equipped with the, the right tools to do so. I mean, it's hard to know what to do and when to do it. I mean, mm -hmm. parenting, you have kids, I believe <laughs> I have kids and every day it's like, mm, did I do that right? Did I do that wrong? So mm -hmm. these resources that you're putting out into the community, celebrating a sexual assault awareness month and providing that information to the community, 
is so important in, like you said, our own learning. Yes. And kind of filling our own toolbox. So we're equipped to have conversations or recognize something or even just know what resources are out there in the community if we need them. Exactly. And a lot of community people, you know, adults, children, you know, the main thing, the main thing that we really see is that uh, individuals don't understand consent. They don't understand what consent is. They don't know what it looks like. They don't know that you can withdraw consent. They don't know the great areas of consent. And so one of the events that we have going on this month is the gray zone. It's a conversation on consent, empowerment, and uh, societal uh, uh, pressures. And so it really focuses on the gray area of consent. With that, it gives people an understanding of, okay, what is consent? Oh, I can withdraw consent. You know, I can agree to sexual activities. And then if I don't want to go any further, I can say no, right? A lot of youth and a lot of adults don't even know I can, they can say no. Adults in a committed marriage or relationship don't even know that they can say no to sexual intercourse within that union. That is one of the the events that, you know, I definitely want to highlight because parents, if they aren't teaching their youth about consent, then when they get, you know, older, when they start becoming sexually active, they don't know a lot of times, especially youth, that they're committing a sexual assault. You know, because they they are they don't know that you know consent you know, needs to be freely given, you know very you know it has to be, um, uh you know something that is that is talked about right. So we see that you know a lot of youth engage in in, in sexual activities um, that they don't necessarily want to be a part of or they. Um, are a part of, but they don't know that they can withdraw that consent at any moment or that their partner needs to consent. And so that will be really good for adults and parents to participate. And another really important event that we have is how to support a survivor and a victim. So if someone comes, you know, if a child or an adult comes to an individual and says, hey, I've been sexually assaulted, they're disclosing, how can you support that survivor? Uh, because in reality, a lot of people don't know how to support survivors. You know, there's victim blaming, there's, you know, not believing, there's so many things that prevent people from disclosing in the first place. But if people have the tools and the knowledge to know how to react and how to help someone that's been sexually assaulted in a very trauma informed way, then they're able to break down that barrier of that person, you know, speaking with them and and be able to help them get the help that they need. For everyone out there listening, we will have links to Reach's social media and website in the show notes as well. So wherever you're listening to this, go ahead and check the show notes for links and get up-to-date information on everything that Reach has going on this month. At Breakwater, we're primarily focused on substance use, Mm -hmm. preventing and reducing youth and adult substance use across Winnebago County. So we spend a lot of time talking about that and talking about substance use prevention at community levels, like you're saying. We recognize, though, that people are not 
you know, kind of quote unquote dealing with or affected by just one thing at a time. Yes. You know, there's a range from substance use to mental health concerns, housing or food insecurity, transportation, sexual assault and violence. Mm -hmm. There's there's a lot of things that sometimes happen at the same time or Mm -hmm. or, um, around the same time. Yes. I'm wondering, can you share a bit about the intersection of substance use and sexual assault? Do they impact each other? And is it a one-way or a two-way street? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yes. I mean, um, you know, they definitely impact each other. Um, You know, I I would say from my experience working on UWO campus, that a lot of the sexual assaults that I was seeing with young adults was, you know, there was some type of substance being used, whether it was um, alcohol or whatever it may have been. We don't want to say that individuals that have been sexually assaulted, it's their fault because they were drinking. We do know that when individuals are drinking, they're less aware of their surroundings. Um, They are at a higher risk. They're in in a risky situation. A lot of the young adults that that came to see me, you know, they had a lot of shame. But in reality, it's it's not the it's not the victim's fault, right? It's the perpetrator's fault that they took advantage of that individual that was drinking. So often do we see that they they intersect, um, especially in the in the age um, that age bracket from you know. 18 to um, like 25. So we really see it very, very common, very commonly in, in, in populations that are college age individuals, right? The whole college experience, unfortunately, does highlight and kind of put you know, drinking as as one of the main things, you know, and that's one of the reasons why this Sexual Assaults Awareness Month, we wanted to do a segment, a webinar on date rape drugs and knowing the signs of date rape drugs because we know this weekend is pub crawl. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to create a webinar, an informational piece where we had the crime lab and we had the forensic sane exam nurse from Aurora really touch on how date rape drugs are used and putting it in people's drinks, right? You know, sedate them or to, you know, have them in a state of mind in which they really don't know what's going on and they're and they're more prone to be sexually assaulted. And so that event we felt was very important because we do see that a lot of incidents regarding, you know, sexual assault, um, not all, but a lot of it is, you know, when the individual is incapacitated. And so we know sexual assault and sexual abuse, the two main components of it is power and control. And what does someone who is drinking not have? Power or control. And so we we see that very, very, very often, especially when I was working with the college age population. It was, I would say, probably six times out of 10, I would see the, 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 the survivors come to me and it was uh, some type of 
situation in which they were taken advantage of at a party or after a bar or something of the sort. But we also see it with individuals that are not in college. I definitely have had my share of cases where the individual, yes, they were drinking, but they were not in college. They were just taken, they were taken advantage of outside of that environment. They are definitely intersected a a lot of times. And it's, it's because of the impact that alcohol has on, you know, the body and um, the loss of control and awareness and and power that the individual has that puts them at high risk to be sexually assaulted. I was reading on the National Institute of Alcohol Use and Alcoholism, some reports about roughly half of sexual assaults across the nation involve alcohol. Yeah. And and it's kind of all tangled up, right? Because... Typically, what they what they're seeing in the, at least in these reports is that mm-hmm. both parties are drinking. Yes. Rarely mm-hmm. is it just the yep. victim who is drinking or intoxicated. I would definitely second that in my experience. Yes. Uh, the other thing I thought was interesting is you know they made a point to call out in a couple of these reports I was reading that the urges to you know commit a sexual assault or sexual abuse of some kind may exist. And then alcohol is kind of the lubricant that mm-hmm. that gets them mm-hmm. to the level of oh, actually sure. performing that act or committing that act. And then the for date sure. rate drugs is oh. a category in and of itself and really misleading because it does, it's not necessarily a dating situation, no. right? Like yeah. you and I didn't decide to go on a dinner and drink yeah. date together. And then this happened. It could be complete strangers or it could yeah. be friends. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because I should definitely correct myself, you know, drug facilitated sexual assault, those drugs, you know, they can be put in a Coca-Cola, but they are most often put in an alcoholic beverage that kind of just heightens everything else, right? We definitely see how the gray area of consent is something that leads people to um, to believe that what they're doing isn't as, it convinces them to believe that it isn't as wrong as, as it is, right? They, they have in their mind, oh, well, they consented. Well, did they really consent, right? And by law, you know, someone who is incapacitated, so someone who is drinking can't consent. And someone who's drunk, you know, someone who's passed out, someone who is sleeping and, and wakes up to being sexually assaulted, they can't, they can't, you know, legally consent to that. And we know as far as the state of Wisconsin, you know, anyone or under the age of 18 can consent anyways. Doesn't matter if they're boyfriend or girlfriend, doesn't matter if they've been drinking or not drinking or whatever it is, they're still under the age of 18, so they can't legally consent to that sexual act. There's a, there's a lot there. <laughs> there's a lot for sure. You know, I, one of my other positions at REACH was I was the youth and teen advocate. And so I spent a lot of my time at the boys and girls clubs and working with the youth and teaching them about what sexual assault is, teaching them about what trafficking is. That's something that's super big going on and it's really, really prevalent in the Winnebago County. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. They think it's, oh, that's in, you know, Vegas, that's in New York, that's in bigger cities, that that doesn't happen here. And it it does, because our traffic our anti-trafficking advocate is very busy. And so, you know, a lot of our youth don't know what trafficking is. They don't know what it looks like. They don't know what risky situations can increase their their chances of being trafficked, right? And so a lot of what the work that we're doing with the youth was 
letting them know what are what are situations that that are risky situations that can put you in a position where someone can take advantage of you, right? So they would, you know, they would say, oh, well, you know, and they would give examples of our risky situations. So they would mention, you know, at a party, um, like a party that they would be at and there was drinking and someone gives them a drink. They don't know, you know, they don't really know the person. They don't really know what the drink is, but they drink it. Right. And so, you know, we talked to them, okay, well, that situation is a risky situation, right? You don't really know that person. You don't really know what that drink is. You don't know what it's going to do to you. You don't even know how you're getting home because you haven't really talked about, you know, how am I getting home, right? And so a lot of it is just teaching, teaching them about, you know, what situations they should avoid. It is definitely something that I think a lot of community members like we know that children drink, but don't really know the cost of all of that fun that they think that they're having, right? Unfortunately, they get taken advantage of. And then, you know, there's all the the trauma that comes after that, that they have to, to work through. Um, and so a lot of what we do with youth at REACH is teaching them how to stay safe when they're on social media, how to stay safe when they're, you know, at school or they're at weekend activities, right? What to do to stay safe to help decrease the the possibility of them being sexually assaulted and, 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 and taken advantage of. A lot of youth have a lot of guilt, you know, when they get taken advantage of when they're at a party because they know that they're not supposed to be at the party. Their parents have told them that they you know, wasn't supposed to go. And now this has happened. And so now they're coming to us and they're scared. They don't want to tell their family. They feel scared that they did something that they weren't supposed to and that it's their fault. Right. Um, And so they don't feel like their parents, even if their parents would be very supportive and help them get the help that they need, but they're so afraid to say anything because they know that they weren't supposed to be at that party. Having those conversations and teaching kids like how to react in those real life situations is so important because mm-hmm. as a teen, as an adolescent, your brain is just not set up to evaluate or really mm-hmm. even consider risk. Mm-hmm. And so having those conversations, and this is, you know, one thing we talk to parents a lot about in relation to, to substance use, whether it's alcohol, tobacco, marijuana, whatever, right. is to have those discussions with your kids from an early age because mm-hmm. If you never talk through a scenario with them, if you don't help them understand what is a risky situation, what isn't a risky situation, how do you react or or navigate your way out of that situation, it's going to be like a deer in the headlights. Mm -hmm. They're going to be, you know, handed that drink at a party or find themselves in a situation and not know what to do. And not only is that terrifying for them on the front end of, oh my gosh, what's happening right now, Mm -hmm. but definitely on the back end of how do I even explain what happened and how do I ask for help? Yeah. Yeah. And societal pressures, it's just, it just adds another, another layer to it all. Right. Because we know, I mean, I can remember back in and high school, the pressure that it was to, you know, whatever, to do whatever. And so I can only imagine it's been hiding even more now that we have social media, right? Now that we have everything at our fingertips and and everyone wants to be part of the end. Everyone wants to, you know, be that person, um, that popular person, that person that 
you know, everyone thinks is cool and wants to hang around. And so they're more likely to engage in those risky behaviors because they want to be a part of the end group. You know, we see it so much with individual with youth that have been trafficked is that, you know, a lot of times the trafficker, the exploiter would would use things that that youth would like, you know, oh, I'll get your nails done. Every young girl wants to get their nails done nowadays. You know, I'll, I'll get you those AirPods. You know, I, your parents won't buy them, but guess what? I will buy them for you because I care about you. That's how they, they loop them in. They get them in. Oh, well, I bought this for you. So now you have to do something for me. Or youth are being taken advantage of by, you know, people obviously that they know and love and trust, but also people who can give them attention that they feel like they need that they're not getting from home or they're not getting from their friends or whoever's in their life. If any of our listeners want to learn more about the impact of sexual assaults on our community or the services REACH offers, where can they go? So we do have a Facebook page. It's just REACH. It's literally just re. ACH. You can type it right into Facebook and there's the, 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 the main photo is a hummingbird with a flower. And so that's our Facebook page. That's where we update the community on what's going on at Reach. We post, you know, what events that we're hosting, positive messages, all types of things. And then we also have our Reach website. So that's just reachcounseling.com. Is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with today? One last thing, we do have um, our supply drive that we're doing all of the month of April. So it is a supply drive that will help our victim advocates be able to provide some supplies for survivors. Um, so we've partnered with um, Ace Stop and Fond du Lac and Sexual Assault Crisis Center in Appleton and then Reach. And what we're doing is we're um, we're gathering a bunch of supplies for survivors and we're going to distribute them to the, um, our partnering agencies that are doing very similar work so that we can be able to provide you know, supplies for survivors. Um, and so all that information about our supply drive is on our Facebook page as well as our website and everything like that. So yeah, I just wanted to highlight that because that is so important. That's something that's going straight to survivors. So as soon as we get, you know, the the items in which is on the on, on the list, um, it's going straight to survivors. So it's great. Awesome. We will make sure to have that linked into the show notes as well. Yay. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sierra. I learned a ton about, you know, kind of the picture of sexual assault and sexual abuse right here in Winnebago County. Mm-hmm. And you guys are doing such amazing things in the community to try and improve the situation. And so thank you for sharing that with us. Thanks for having us. It was, it was, it was my pleasure. So it was great. Love, love what I do. Love talking about it. Um, just wish it would all stop, right? <laughs> yes. Know, yes. Just ended. But um, until then, you know, we'll just continue to bring awareness and continue to do the good work. So thanks for having me. <laughs>